Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. He has an arm, too. That's the funniest live. part. We're just talking about how we hate Derek Carr chat. Nothing, yeah. nothing too revealing. He used to throw the ball downfield, man. Well, he tried to, and he got pick six. I think he's just bad at football. He didn't used to be this bad. He used to be better. Yeah, that... um. I, I oddly I felt Gruden kind of had something with him. Yeah, true, true. It felt like there was something happening. He Gruden might be a scoundrel, but he knows how to coach football. Yeah. Um. This isn't this isn't good anyway. What's up, Candom? Hey, Cam. Good to see you, Cam. Uh, let's see what else chat is saying. Neil, we'll talk about Jake Bobo in the. I pro- promise you, we'll talk about Jake Bobo in the actual podcast. Bobo. Um, Jen, let's go, mates. Absolutely, Jen, and go, Jags. True. Uh, it, for those who don't know, the reason we need the Saints to lose uh, from a Seahawks perspective is that Seattle owns the worst pick, the worst third round pick of Denver's. And Denver got the Saints' third-round pick next year for, in the Sean Payton trade. Mm-hmm. And Denver's going to be worth the New Orleans, despite New Orleans looking like crap tonight. So we need New Orleans to lose. Um, hello, Tyler. Let's get this film. Absolutely. Majombo. Has anyone correlated the average overload podcast tardiness index with the Seahawks scores the following week? That would be interesting, Majombo. Sounds like a job for you. Yeah, you've you've signed up. Thank you for volunteering, Majumbo. To be fair, Our if we're yeah, Majumbo. so so say we're like fifty two, fifty three minutes late, 
that has to be worth two touchdowns. Agree with you there. Um, Jordan, save us from watching this game. Okay, Jordan, you can turn it off now. There you go. Uh, did Derek Carr throw another pick? No. Where is Ty? Says AJ. <laughs> He's fine. Don't worry. Five and nine adventures. Hey guys. Hello, five oh nine. Good to see you. Hey guys, tell us how they're going to fix your offense, asked Jay. We will try. Uh, okay, AJ. I'll pass that on to Ty, who's definitely okay. Ty is he uh he's never been better. That's the thing about Ty. Did you like purposefully mute yourself then or did it just cut out? I think I cut out. All oh, right. I, I was saying Ty's never been better. He, oh. In fact, he's extremely good. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, guys, he's fine. Thoughts on England qualifying for Euro 2024? Ty's uh, fine. A AJ, we are very good at qualifying for major tournaments other than under Steve McLaren. So that's never been the issue. How much tea have you had today? Griff, how much tea have you had today? I've had zero tea today. And that's low tea. tea. Low tea. Yes, correct. Jen, I've had no tea either. Jen, being in the Commonwealth, have have you had tea? Dan, nice to see you here. There's someone on Twitter arguing Carr is a middle of the pack bridge quarterback like Gino. My brain hurts. Oh dear. That Dan, um, Twitter, I love the mute button on Twitter. It's so good. Because also, when you see, like, these replies have been muted, you, like, click unmute just to see the tweet or, you know, click view. And it kind of reaffirms your decision. You get constant uh, confirmation that you were correct in muting that person. Have I watched the Beckham documentary on Netflix, asked Jen? No. I like David Beckham a lot. When I was growing up, he was like my idol. But then he his decisions off the field since retirement, uh, such as promoting a certain country's tourism that has wrangled with me after, you know, he was supposedly am, uh, ambassador for UNICEF, etc. He wants to have his cake and eat it, and he doesn't even need the cake. He just, he has enough cake. So there you go. Majombo, it'd be very cool to get Pete Carroll on this podcast, but he would never answer any questions. Majombo, Pete answers questions. Yeah, Pete asked Maddie's questions today uh, during this week's uh, midweek uh, presser. Yeah. Now, did I go slightly niche and direct? Possibly, but uh, we got a good answer, I think. I like that Pete acknowledged that it was a niche question, an in-depth one, and sidestepped it, but still kind of gave a, an answer. You know, right. like you try to give a meaty answer. And you focus on fundamentals, which is great because that's ultimately what it's all about, right? It's all about fundamentals. To me, that, I mean, I'll, I'll be writing about Seahawks.com, Defensive Front Explainer coming soon. But to me, that was kind of referring to the fact that really, if you have a one tech, then the second level can play more assured and fit their gaps. And everyone's kind of more on the same page more often. And they're all doing it. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Newcastle so far? AJ, it's been a tough season, but they're doing well, uh, and they should be doing better. They're underperforming their expected goals. Uh, 
So the Sandro Tonali thing's a bit annoying. But uh yeah. Camden asked Newcastle Brown Ale, Jameson's or Guinness. That's a really random Jameson's does not belong in that discussion, really, does it, Camden? But um Guinness I would pick out of those three, although Guinness chased by Jameson's or, or vice versa is uh, quite fun. Cody, I'm excited for the tape breakdown and I'm glad the defense played well, but I personally would have liked to see Hawks win. <laughs> Me as well. I agree with Cody. You know, Cody, he's, he's absolutely you may right. think that that's a controversial statement, but buddy. Cody, go off. Go off. Yeah. Speak your mind. Uh, Maddie, what's what's your yep. uh, favorite kind of cake? Oh, <laughs> um, I love cake. Me too. I haven't had cake in a while. There's this place. Um, there's this place in Camden, funnily enough, called mm. the Luminary Bakery, which supports. Um, women from who've been through a tough time and it's all uh run by women from uh tough backgrounds trying to sort of rehabilitate them um you know give them a a better chance and they make amazing cake and they do nice. a a sticky toffee uh pudding cake which is incredibly light and just absolutely bloody delicious and it has Sounds like dates great. in it which is really good but if we're like sticking to normal, I really like a coffee cake or a chocolate cake. Um, not a Victoria sponge. What, what's your Victoria sponge is kind of mid. Griff, what's your favorite type of cake? Uh, I mean, I like I like all types of cake, but I'm I'm more partial toward like just honestly, I'm I'm uh, I'm basic. I like the chocolate. I like double chocolate cake with chocolate chips. Yeah. Chocolate Same. frosting, layer of chocolate in between. You know, I'm all about that. I, I like strawberry shortcake. I like angel food cake and all that stuff. I like all of that. I like all the offbeat stuff. Um, but at the What's end of the angel day, food cake again? Is that the red one? No. What's the red it, one called? Oh, uh, you're thinking of devil? What is that called? What is the red one called, chat? Chat. <laughs> Someone in the chat looked that up. Um, it's really American. Yeah, yeah. It's devil's food cake, and it just tastes like chocolate. No, 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 no. But there's a really red one. Red yeah, cake. Red cake. Red velvet. Red <laughs> there velvet. That's, there we go. Thank you, Majombo yes. and Jen. Thank you, chat. I don't know um, why that was so difficult. Um, you know, I like all of it, man. Cody, you'll have to explain what makes chocolate that chocolate cake German. They're not putting weird spices in there, are they? Because well, as much as there, I like, there's um, coconut involved, right? In a German one. The German don't they talk? That is that like an American German? Is that what we're talking of here? You know, I don't know the history of the quote-unquote German chocolate cake. Well, because my concern is, thing. in as much as I like Germany and Germans. Um, and the German Seahawkers, who were very nice to me when I was in Munich, and very generous with their beer tokens. Um, German, like, food, when it comes to, like, pastries, um, cake, 
it always looks really nice. And then there's like a ton of clothes of cloves in there or like weird spice. Like, and it's like, I just like chocolate, please. Okay. Now this is very interesting. I've just done some research of a very reputable source called Wikipedia. The -hmm. German chocolate cake originated in America as a coconut pecan frosting. And it was named after a gentleman named Samuel German, who was of English heritage. So it's nothing to do with German. Well, then that's delicious. The guy's name was just German. That's very funny. Um, Jen asked about carrot cake. Carrot cake is very good. Now, see, I love carrot cake, except for the carrots. So you'd like, um, hmm. So you'd probably like. So you like the you like the kind of s- s- sweet, um, almost uh, like brown sugar kind of vibe with the. Um, cream cheese frosting yeah i mean i like the consistency I like the flavor it's just Does it have like texture. cinnamon in there would you put cinnamon I'm sure. in there? I, i'm sure it's got all sorts of like cinnamon nutmeg stuff like that um but as soon as you get to the carrots just the texture just throws me off like why or are just we like putting, mixed spice right like why are why are we putting vegetables in the cake i don't understand <laughs> i mean you'd i probably I, you'd probably like fruit cake uh, I don't dislike fruitcake. But no, like I understand like zucchini makes sense, but I feel like zucchini, <laughs> the, the, the texture, it texturizes better for me personally. I just, I just don't see, I just don't see carrot cake, man. I just don't get it. Um, anyway. Now, hold on here. Majombo, I, Majombo I wonder makes a if good point, but London, fo- what is London fog? What is London fog? You don't you don't use the term London fog over there? No, that sounds offensive. Oh, that is very interesting. I would have <laughs> I would not have thought that. Uh London fog is well, as Jumbo says, it's like a latte but with tea instead of coffee. So steamed milk and it's foamed. Mm. How would you order that over there if you go to a, a coffee shop or a tea shop? And you wanted hot tea with foam in it. That doesn't exist, bro. That's, That's not a thing? That's weird. Okay, you guys have lattes though, right? Yes. You don't, you don't have a tea version of a latte? No. Yeah, you have hot tea though, right? And yes. you, some of you will put like milk or cream in tea yes. occasionally? No, milk. Milk? Not yep. ever cream? Never cream. Okay, so you put milk in it, but why why can't you foam or froth the milk? Just to give it some texture. Cause that sounds odd. I mean it's just upping what you already do. Bec- yeah, I mean right, let, let, let's maybe let's maybe I could bring this to England and become successful. It's interesting too that London fogs aren't a thing. In England, hmm. I need uh, I need a wee drift. Can uh, can you can you write solo? <laughs> yeah, I can. All this thought of liquid. I, I I can carry the podcast for for the <laughs> intro for for sixty seconds. Good luck, Griff. All right, so guys, what's up? We're gonna live stream some Overwatch. Um, kidding. We're not gonna do that. Actually, we're gonna research more the the history and origination of 
quote unquote London fog beverage. Phenomenon of London fog long predated the crisis of the early 1950s. I don't know what this is talking about. All right, I'm Googling right now origination of London fog. All right, so 1994, pregnant patron named Mary Loria with an aversion to coffee came and looking for an alternative and asked for some steamed milk and vanilla added to her favorite brew, Earl Grey. So that, so 1994, it's not that old. And it originated in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. So it's a North American thing. Um, North American thing. And it's made its way down to Seattle, of course. It's probably more popular on the West Coast, especially like Pacific Northwest, Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, Victoria, etc. Um, I, I don't see what's what's so offensive about the concept, though. What concepts? <laughs> of uh, the, 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 the London fog. <sighs> Maddie, I was just about to fire up Overwatch. I was going to do a Let's Play. Oh. And you interrupted well, the whole Drift thing. Drift is very good at Overwatch. I, I, um. I'm not that good. You are. It's okay. Oh, Griff, froze. Griff uses the, uh, am I still frozen? I froze or did you freeze? Uh, you froze for me. I may oh, have okay. froze for you. Mm. Uh, Griff, I think, um, you know, he plays on a competitive mode. Whereas, um, I am not as good at Overwatch. To do I've, that. I've, I've spent some time in Diamond as Reinhardt, a, a one trick Reinhardt. There you go. But um, Overwatch 2, the counters counter harder. So it's harder for me to stay in Diamond. Mm. All right. So let's, let's, you can't exploit the game mechanics like you did in Overwatch 1. Well, you can kind of exploit them more. It's just that they can also exploit them better. Ah, Because the, the, um, the skill sets have changed a little bit. Oh, All right. Chris. We got to get rolling here. What a question and what a donation. Thank you. Thank Reminder you, that the Super Chat feature is fairly simple to use. There's also a Stripe donation link in the comments. No pressure to donate, but Griff and I are hoping to, to make this a uh, profitable and enjoyable enterprise. So there you go. Should we go live and answer Chris's question? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, that is a terrifying question, Chris. Like, I'd rather not answer that, but you have given your money over, which is very kind. So I think we have to, don't we? Right, hold on. Let's, let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where it is time for the weekly Seahawks tape review. Yes, Griff and I are going to be looking at Seattle's disappointing loss at the Cincinnati Bengals. And as ever, I think the All-22 will provide some reassurances. Even when we see problems that occurred, there is hope because you can identify them and then you can try and come up with solutions just as the Seahawks will have done this past week. So our two key topics to keep us focused and below the two-hour mark on this podcast is going to be looking at the offense and how they struggled in the red zone, and then how the defense balled out specifically on third down, stopping Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase from going off, actually holding the Bengals to under 250 total yards. But first, Griff, 
we have a very kind donation and question from Chris Otto. Not the first time, Chris. Thank you very much. Chris asking, if Pete Carroll retires when his contract ends in a couple of years, would you rather promote an in-house candidate for head coach like Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator for Seattle, or look outside the franchise? That is a, in terms of the timing of this question, uh, I don't know if that influences your opinion here, Griff. Obviously, Waldron struggling, the offense struggling this past week. Griff, answer it. Oh, I'm generally pro Waldron. Um, I, I like him, but you know, head coach is different than being a play caller. Um, I don't know. The, the timing of it has to work because he could very well, if, if Pete's contract ends, when does it end? 26 or 25? Um, and assuming he doesn't renew, just for the sake of the question, is Waldron still, has he been hired away by that point or not? Because he'll definitely be at the top of the, the well, he'll be on the short list of names this offseason, I think, with I think the Seahawks offense ends really strong. So I think Waldron will be a natural uh, name to be looked at. Um, so, I mean, assuming assuming that he isn't hired away for whatever reason, I wouldn't mind him being the successor. Um, we also have to see where the defense goes. Maybe Clint Hurd is, is that guy. I, I have no idea. Um, I do like the idea of continuity, though, because I think there will still be a lot of young players around to build with. Um, but, you know, it's, it's such a hard question to answer because three years is a long time in the NFL. So much changes in three years. Um, so I don't know. Maddie, how do you feel about that question? I mean, yeah. does, does Dave Canales come back? Is, is he the head coach? You yeah, know? I think having some tie to Pete would be really, really nice. Like, I would, I'd find that cute, and I would miss Pete Carroll so damn much that it would, <laughs> anything would hurt. But, it would soften the blow. Uh, it would slightly, and I think it's important that it's someone who kind of understands how the team was run beforehand so they can also soften that continuity uh you know the acclimatizing for the players in-house candidate i mean i kind of feel with how the how offensive the league is and, and offensive skewed in terms of hiring if waldron's good enough and has done well enough to be an in-house candidate in a couple of years time he's probably getting hired away before that point but maybe you know there's certainly behind the scenes discussions that may take place if Pete is considering retiring in a couple of years with these guys of like, Hey, I'm going to be gone in two years. This yeah. spot is, could be yours. And you would think that whenever Pete Carroll does decide to go and it should always be on his terms, you would think that they would give, you know, he'd want to prepare his successor and give him, you know, sort of groom him, give him the opportunity. If it is his last year, tell him and, 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 and handle that accordingly rather than just going, good luck. Um, I'm out of here. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Pete is like that. He's always coaching his coaches. He always wants people to be the best they can be. So in-house wise, I know Griff mentioned Clint Hurt. Uh, I think a dark horse is Carl Scott. I really do. There you I go. Carl Scott's young. I think DB great... background doing really good stuff with the DBs right now. Obviously they've got talent too, but he's a very affable, likable guy. I mean, my Carl Scott story is Kyle, Carl, my Carl Scott story is when I was at Munich uh, on the sideline, um, well, not the sideline, like on the edge of the field while the players were warming up, Carl yeah. Scott, as the DBs were going into the tunnel, 
he came over, said hi to Mike Dugar, who obviously he knows, but then uh, introduced himself to me, shook my hand, said, what's up? Um, I mean, Carl here. And I was like, nice to meet you, uh, Matty. Uh, but he like, there's no reason for him to do that. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, uh, a bit of a dark horse, someone to keep an eye on, affable, likable. Um, well, cool cover seven clinic. Did you know? <laughs> yeah, and he he's co- so Carl Scott is such a cool background because obviously he's been, he's been everywhere. The, he's been in the man match quarters world in, in college. He's been in the zone match quarters world in the NFL, and he's been in two different styles of that. He's seen how um, how Mike Zimmer coaches football, and he's seen how Pete Carroll coaches football. So he's been around some like titans of the industry. And it would be cool to see what his unique take is on everything, how he would synthesize all of that. Um, and then the the new stuff, his own ideas, what he would do if he was the man in charge, because everyone kind of has their own novel ideas, right? Um, and then I think, he, obviously, I mean, as far as one can tell, he definitely seems like he has the personality to run a team. You know, like that's such an important part of it. You're you're a manager of people as much as you are a football mind and everything. Um, as you know, Maddie, because you actually coach the sport, um, right? And and you know, head coach in the NFL is just such a bizarre job, you know. And so you really have to have a strong personality. And to your point, like that makes sense logically because if this defense is fine, I mean, the, the, I think the potential of the defense this year and next year is like outrageous. I think it's very possible Clint Hurt gets hired away as a head coach, and I think he's destined for college. I think he's destined to be like the next Miami Hur- Miami Hurricanes head coach. Um, I think he's going to be head coaching the SEC soon or the ACC. Um, I just feel like that's what Clint Hurd is destined for, be a great recruiter and everything. Um, and, and so with that, Clint, Carl Scott becomes the natural yeah. in-house DC promotion. The other name that is cool is, and someone mentioned it in the chat, um, is obviously Dan Quinn. Um, I think if he got a head coaching job again, he knows that the quarterback – is the most important part. So if you get a quarterback, you will always attract the best offensive coordinator or the best available anyway, realistically available. Oh, your so, pick of the candidates, right? Right, right. And so he'd know he'd have to emphasize quarterback. And then I think he's shown that he can be adaptable on defense. I mean, he is writing talent, but he's accentuating the talent that he has in Dallas right now to the best possible degree. And he's shown that he can live in different schemes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um or live in different parts of his scheme, I think is the better way to phrase that. So he's, I mean, he's a natural name if you want to stay connected to Pete Carroll. Um, and Pete, Pete Carroll talks so much or did when kind of reflecting on on how it went down uh, when he first got to Seattle of how Dan Quinn has that background in the 49ers old system and knows how to coach two gap and one gap. But, you know, to your point, Griff, like what he's doing in Dallas now is basically from what I've seen anyway, is basically pure one gap stuff. Like they're just accenting the talent, but I think defensively he could construct a defensive roster to fit what he has um, along with, right. you know, he obviously would have some core philosophies, but. And that's the beauty of how Pete Carroll coaches the defensive line, because he has so much background there that he can just coach whatever his available skill sets are best at. You're, 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 you're rarely ever, putting mm-hmm. in round pegs and or square pegs in the round holes, yep. et cetera. And, and um, Dan Quinn was by no means a disgrace. Like obviously it didn't end great, but like he, he did really good things there. And I think he'll have learned a lot of lessons from his 
his first stint as a head coach. Uh, and yeah, I, I think mean, he's learning a lot as, as the Dallas defense coordinator with how unique that kind of situation is too. They, and it should be said that Dallas really in the back seven is maybe average in the aggregate. Yeah. He's yeah. he's really writing his pass rush, but they're getting. I think that he's probably providing, you know, surplus value or whatever relative to what he's actually working with. Dallas is obviously immensely talented, but I don't think they're as talented as their results have been. Um, so he's kind of you know maximized what he does have. Yeah, uh, and, and just quickly on Scott as well, I think with Kyle Scott, the fact that he's not only been around different schemes, but also completely different program systems like working under Nick Saban uh, even working under Mike Zimmer you kind of see like what you'd like to take from each culture and what you what you would right. uh, want to implement as well so right. yeah uh, and then the, his ability to get on currently with his players um, and sort of the, multiple DBs have spoke about how he kind of listens to them on technique and, and gives them input and then comes up with stuff to help their current skill set because ultimately if you're speaking to an NFL veteran who's played 10 years, like a guy like Quanji Diggs, and you're telling him, no, I'd like you to pedal this way, um, <laughs> it doesn't really work like that. It's like, you, you really right. have to kind of prove you know what you're, you're doing, but also you've got to respect them on, on certain things because that's how they've had success in the league. Uh, you've got to be kind of pliable um, and adaptable, especially in the NFL. So if, thanks mm-hmm. for the question, Chris. I guess we're, um, we could see arguments for either, but... I don't know if Wal like it's harsh, but and and kind of funky guys can work. But Waldron, just from a personality standpoint, he doesn't scream head coach, and and that's not fair to judge someone off press conferences. But and, and you yeah. know people can grow into it, but right. he just uh, he's kind of uh, he doesn't come across as massively inspiring or like um, charismatic and. Uh, that's not a necessity. Uh, and you, you, it's, the most important thing is that you're authentic. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just a, just an observation. You, you, you know, if he generates results, he could, yep. he, I mean, he, the, the people might, you, I feel like people work backwards from the conclusion a little bit. If he generates results, you might grow to like kind of the weird quirks about him, you know, right. might like that. He doesn't give you anything in a press conference. You're like, Oh, he must be all business. Yeah. He knows how to play. League. Like we spin things, how we spin things. And you know, if his results are good as an offensive play caller um, and he understands like the quarterback is the most important. And also like he's shown a lot of adaptability. He, I mean, he's his own man. He clearly is influenced by his time with the Shanahan's Gruden and McVay. Right. But he's also mm-hmm. his own man. We've seen, we've seen that in Seattle. Um, formationally and conceptually and everything coach two very different styled quarterbacks too to with good decent output you know when they've been healthy anyway so um yeah i don't know it's i wouldn't i'm not against waldron as a rule you know but i do like this carl scott idea there you go well thank you chris um derek gilbert thank you for the donation derek appreciate your support as ever thank you sir Um, no matty no hat matty in the house yeah i I don't know about that move though because my hair looks kind of bad i need a haircut but i couldn't be bothered to go and get one so there you go you look marvelous Uh, oh thank you likewise um duck on quack 2498 that's a new name i think riff great doggo look at that lovely doggo yeah indeed Saw Jake Curhan getting whooped during the game last week. Think it's possible we could see Jason Peters this week as a possible fix. Uh, yeah, 
definitely possible given poor old Jake. I mean, he's doing his best out there. He's an undrafted free agent. And don't forget, the broadcast showed that ankle and foot was absolutely spatted up. He, he had that thing wrapped. And when you're left foot in particular and you're playing on the right side, I, I think that's probably worse than having your, your right foot um, hurt because if you think about how you're going to push off um, and how you're going to anchor, uh, I think the left foot, you, you push and off the left foot on the right side. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And then inside moves is pretty... I mean, either foot's not ideal, but I'd imagine you, you put more load through that left foot, which might be why that's the one which is hurt. But then if you look at the Seahawks injury report this week, let's get the let's get the latest week seven injury report from Seattle. Did not participate in this practice. Evan Brown, hip, Phil Haynes, calf, limited participant, Jake Curhan, Charles Cross, Damian Lewis. So they're all banged up. Peter's on the right side. He did it for Dallas. I I know they've been working him at guard as well. I think they'll probably go with their starting five unless there's a serious issue. Um, but then, I mean, I, if if Evan Brown can't go, the next up would be Olu Timmy. If Jake Curhan can't go, the next up would probably be Peters, right? Uh, I don't know if... Yeah. I don't know if they'd put Stone Forsyth on the right. He did do that a bit in college, but... That seems like, I don't know. It's yeah, not great either I, I, way. I'd, I'd rather not do that. I, I'd rather Stone only play what he's super comfortable with if he has to play at all, which at this point yeah. is... Yeah, and with Charles Cross nursing an ankle, you kind of need Stone to work on the like focus on the although, left, right? Although although Stone, I, I forgot, Stone actually did play right tackle in the 49ers game in 2021. Yeah, I remember him. He looked he, okay, he looked, didn't he? He looked, he looked just fine. He didn't do anything yeah. wrong. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's a thought that they have have had, but I mean, Peters Peters might still be like actually good, like not just serviceable, but at 41, he still might be a good player. He was for Dallas last year at guard and tackle. Like he was actually good. Um, yeah. So there you go. So yeah, definitely possible. Um, they that you know at a certain point you run out of people and Peters' experience there is. <laughs> might be needed just for a game. Abraham Lucas still to be decided when he comes back, but it's not going to be this week. Um, Chris points out that Pete said Peter's injured his quad last week, which, yeah, has hampered him. Um, he's, he mentioned also in his press conference how he wasn't physically ready, I believe, um, mm. that he needed to work some things out physically, uh, which it sounded more like a contact thing because when they initially signed him, they were mentioning how he looked the part and you know, had the quickness, in, in not in pads, so... Yeah, we'll have to see on that one as well. The other name to factor in is um, uh, Raekwon. Let me get the name, please. Do, do, do. And the fact that I don't know this guy's name off the top of my head shows that I haven't really been paying attention as enough to to the backup tackles, but also... Um, what is this guy's name? O'Neal, Rayquan yeah. O'Neal. But I can't see him on the roster now. Oh, yeah, Rayquan O'Neal. There you go. I mean, that's a you know UCLA undrafted free agent who uh, was kind of a right-sided option mm-hmm. and was massive, but yeah. I know 
whoever's team's practice squad they signed him off. Their fans were upset about that. Right. Right then. Jay Smith. Okay, there we go. I guess we've we've answered two questions. Thank you for the donations, people. Right. The meat and potatoes of the podcast, Griff. Right. Chat, do we start with offense or defense? Do you want offensive red zone failures or defensive third yeah. down successes? Great plan, Griff. If we could do a poll, that would be cool, wouldn't it? But we can't. That would be cool. The first thing to get three votes wins, offense or defense, chat. We'll let you catch up with us as well. Do you want the offense and the third, uh, the red zone failures, or do you want the defense and the third down successes getting off with the field? D, D, offense. Oh, the next vote is a massive one. Offense, oh. next vote wins. Well, I don't know if Co- does Cody's count. Cody failed to follow instructions, but he gets... And and Cody, because you didn't right, say so, that, defense is one. Cody, that's... that's I, don't know. I don't know Chicken God came in at the last second. Did Chicken God beat 509 Adventures? Did, I don't did think Chicken so. God themselves. All right, we're doing offense. The chat has spoken. We'll do the bad first. But we'll I said first three. Stuff. This is an absolute controversy here, but, but we're doing but offense. You didn't, you didn't consult me for how, how we're going to go about it. Right, so and apparently, yeah, you have the, the overruling power. I had a veto. I'm being I embarrassed used. live on YouTube. Emasculated. Okay, here we go. So, offense. Now, the offense, I think, just briefly, in our post-game live reaction, not to make his head too big, but Griff, I think, was more composed, and I... Uh, for my character, probably came across a bit strong. Uh, However, I mean... that counterbalance is useful, and I think you know the truth probably lies slightly below where Griff was uh, was pointing it, but uh, closer to Griff's yeah. side of the the coin. In I, the I... yeah, well, I was going to say I didn't emphasize enough the misses that he made in the open field. No, uh, certainly no. if he hit both, if he hit. Two of those, one touchdown for sure. Maybe, maybe two touch. I still am a little wishy washy on the one to DK. I don't think that is as a sure thing as it looks, but I am still in favor of throwing it at least. I'm always team throw it whenever it's like a yes or no thing. Uh, but so I balance those two misses with his general performance in the open field outside of the red zone uh, with, you know, outside of those two plays. He was incredibly good outside of the red zone. And that was while under fire. I truly think the protection when it was bad was inoperable and well, not entirely inoperable because he was getting the ball off and hit like five, five times as thrown, um, you know, was l- slightly worse quarterback play in those instances, they would have been off the field. Um, so, I mean, he was a huge reason why they had so many red zone chances. Um, but I, I do think that the offensive line, like the, it just caught up with them and Curran's injury and Haynes playing out of position as well as his injury. And, um, and Bradford at right guard had some shaky moments, just shaky moments that mattered, unfortunately. Um, as far as the red zone goes, I mean, after rewatching it, I, I don't really, I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm being, I'm in stand mode here, but I, I just don't see that Gino did 
anything particularly wrong in the red zone. He wasn't perfect, but um, I'm not saying he did well in the red zone. I just, I just feel like the offense, like not a lot was open. The protection wasn't there. And yes, Gino was not perfect. And, and, and they're still trying to find like their play calling identity there. Um, I think it's a matter of in the red zone, that's where the skill sets of your receivers, even though you have an excellent receiver and tight end group altogether, DK is not a go up and get a guy despite being huge. So it that that's kind of an issue. Tyler wasn't really able to separate this game in isolation. So you weren't there wasn't a lot of horizontal space. Um, and then the protection didn't allow them for the pure drop back, longer progressing, longer developing uh, drop back concepts to utilize. And then so it's like the 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 while I I think I chalk up a a large the extent to which they're performing so badly I think some of it can be chalked up to just uh, variance perhaps randomness um, but I still do think we can connect how the weaknesses of the of the supporting cast are revealed more or a little more sensitive to what goes on in the red zone the same way they are on third down um, yeah so. Just to kind of re-emphasize what you've just said uh, with, with some data um, and stuff you've tweeted out yourself, Griff, at C-Mike Spin Move. Seattle's offense on first and second down on the season, Gino has the highest success rate across the league. He's at 60.1%, uh, which is slightly higher than Tua, um, and then above Brock Purdy as well. So he's cooking on... Uh, well, I shouldn't use the term cooking. He is very efficient on first and second down. He's doing really good stuff when he's dropping back um, and passing the football. But, uh, and then, yeah, what, what just to kind of uh, echo what you were saying on the, the red zone stuff, just as a brief overview, um, man, the, the red zone play calling and the, the just, I just don't understand what the, it needs to rethink slightly. And it kind of was similar to the, to the Panthers game, I as we go over the tape, you'll see there's probably like two, maybe one play where I'm like, Gino probably could have thrown that primary, or he could have probably waited on that. But in the main, it's kind of everything around him not being good. Um, so honestly, the kind of reaction from fans of saying Gino should be benched um, ain't it's not good. It's, it's just it's just not good. You can't. It's just, it's not accurate with what uh, the the tape shows. Um, and, I mean, it would be rash anyway, but he didn't even play bad in the red zone. His bad stuff was the open field misses, really. The mm. red zone was kind of a whole different ball game of crap. Like, I don't... And, and yeah. I, I, so sorry to cut you off, but I, like, I would say that the difference between him being better in the open field versus him being what he was in that game is a difference between being like the seventh or eighth best quarterback outside the red zone that week and being the first best quarterback outside the red zone last week. Like, I mean, the, the, I mean, to me, like he was legitimately very good and he could have been even better. Um, and that's how I view that. And those, those moments are unfortunately magnified because their performance in the red zone was so bad. If, if they scored two touchdowns, in, in those however many trips they had, five or six trips that they had, then we're probably not even talking about the, the Jackson miss and, and as well as the uh, the one interception. Now, the interception was a bad bad play. We have, 
beyond a doubt. The second one to DK, I think, is just a miscommunication snafu. I don't really put that on Gino at all. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I, I still think that in general, the offense's backbone to be as successful as it's been, like the nucleus of offense and able to endure a really strenuous, you know, offensive line situation, which you know, statistics show that Gino has he has being pressured at a high rate and his sack rate is really low. Um, I mean, and, and there, there's some, some stats out there that try to gauge what the quarterback is responsible and what the quarterback isn't responsible. And he's like third best in terms of limiting sacks relative to expectation. Um, so, I mean, I think he's handling that really, and that's really impressive considering the offensive line. Right. Um, and the fact that he's still able to stay on schedule, on early downs um, is impressive. It's just that damn breaks on third down. Um, yeah. So, and I think that's also why we saw a little bit more 11 personnel. Cause they wanted to involve Jackson. Like he could be a third down answer. There was some, I think there was like some logic to that. Some like theory you could see from Waldron. It just didn't quite come to fruition. Um, again, like mm-hmm. Gino was, Gino was hit 12 times this game and he was not holding the ball. Like yep. he wasn't. So he wasn't inviting those hits. He wasn't inviting pressure. So, uh, and 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 also, um, a lot of this is, and we'll see this on tape as well. But a lot of that's also timing. Like he's moving th- through his reads. If the guy's not open when he's there on him, he he's not holding the ball. He's trying to move on to the next read. There w- there's one or two plays where if he's if he holds the ball and waits for that guy to get open in a pocket, then maybe he could have hit him. Uh, and we'll talk about those, but he's trying to play a quarterback in the structure of the offense, and the offense isn't working within that structure, which, again, is something for uh, Waldron and the, the rest of the offensive design to kind of look over, I, I'd say. Uh, another positive from this is that Seattle on third down went 5 of 12, which is almost 50%. Um, yeah, that's not bad. There is much more like it than from what prior to this game, they were t- like basically 28% on third down, which is second worst in the league and abysmal. Uh, only better than the Jets. So, uh, you know, improving in that area is really nice. They just need to now improve in the red zone. And and I think, you know, the red zone hadn't been a massive issue, like statistically, like in terms of how many times they came away with points down there. But there had been moments in games where they'd lulled, like we looked over the Panthers tape and it had happened. So it's definitely something they need to correct moving forward. And in the Cardinals, who we previewed, make sure you check out that podcast with Blake Allen Murphy of SB Nation. The Cardinals should be a remedy for that, given how banged up they are, even with Buddha Boca perhaps returning. You know, if, if DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockyer, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba getting more involved can't do stuff, um, then you're in trouble. Now, the other thing, mm-hmm. I asked Pete Carroll, it was, it was a bit of a clumsy question, but I asked him on Monday whether he felt the uh, lower usage of multiple tight end sets impacted the Seahawks offense because Seattle went basically down to about 52%. Uh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, uh, let me actually get the right numbers for that. But JSN played more often, which was, I think after bye week, you know, him better recovered from his wrist injury. I think that's clearly during the bye, they were talking about, I'd imagine trying to get him more involved. Um, but I asked Pete Carroll if, their low usage of multiple tight end sets impacted their pass protection. I'll get the numbers for that. But Pete basically just said no, basically. Now, what I probably should have asked was whether he felt they suffered from like 
it's hard to it's hard to get a good answer without him just giving away the whole thing. But you know, I want to know: uh, do they want to be more of an eleven personnel team all the time? Because this being a specific game plan thing is slightly unusual, given the Bengals' struggles against like tight multiple tight end stuff. And I feel like trying to get Mike Hilton off the field more often by forcing base personnel with your multiple tight ends would have been a a, a good approach. But um, uh, let me try and find this uh, thing. Um, why can't I find this figure? Oh yeah, so Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Seattle used the 10th most 11 personnel at 71.4% in week six. Whereas from weeks one to five, they'd used 11 personnel 53.2% of the time, which was 23rd in the league. So they've really yeah. upped that usage. Now, uh, yeah, and I should have probably asked Pete Carroll maybe if like that impacted the offense, not even just mentioned pass protection, just said, did they did they suffer from, from not using that, not having, being more 10? But to me... The offense really comes into difficulty when teams know they're passing, and teams know they're passing when uh, teams know they're passing when it's third and long. But teams also know you're passing by formation, um, like back alignment stuff. We can look at here too. So we'll try and also talk about. Hey, this look looks like a clear pass to us. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so Duck on Quack twenty four ninety eight. Thank you again for the donation. Could some more play action move in the pocket help? What could you see as a band-aid till the line can heal up? Uh, I guess we'll talk about that as the thing goes on. But if you feel we haven't done a good enough job, let us know. Um, in general, the lack of run game was very weird. Like um, Dan Veens, uh, he um, at, C- at uh, the, the Seahawks Forever podcast, he tweeted out that on the first six Seahawks drives, they had 18 designed runs to 29 passes. And on the last four drives, they only had three runs uh, and then 22 passes. So they completely went away from the run, despite it being a fairly neutral game script in the main. You know, that last drive you could probably get rid of. Um, But they just gave up on the run game. And my general feeling on that, Griff, is when the run game stops being efficient, Waldron goes, no, we're not going to, we're not going to persist with efficient or potentially negative plays. We're just, right. we're not, well, we're not doing this. And I want, I mean, does it matter though, if they're getting inside the 15, like mm. they're getting there anyway, it's maybe don't abandon the run game in the red zone. Um, maybe, <laughs> you know, uh, 
but th- 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 that that becomes uh, just a conundrum. Um, it is harder to run your successful play actions in the red zone. You could run flat stuff, which they have done and, and can work. Um, I really think they just, I don't know. They, they've had some staple concepts that have worked for them down there. Um, and then they, they are, the, well, that's the red zone. But as far as play action goes, like they have been using a lot of play action, maybe a little less this week, but they're like leading the league in play action usage. And, and part of the reason why they've been so successful at it is because that's a situation that makes your O-line matter less. You know, so your the weaknesses of your O line are less sensitive, um, or rather, play action is is impacted less by your um, by what your offensive line can and can't do mm. um, compared to pure dropback, right? Even on early downs, so it makes sense that that Geno and the receivers function really well in situations that mitigate the offensive line, right? Um, so it's uh, I don't know. It's. I, I think that this week in particular, the the issue was. It was. I mean, really, if if they could have had Haynes healthy, or Curran completely healthy, they might have been. They would have squeaked out a couple more plays. I think so. Squeaky. We're squeaking. Okay. Right. So the tape. So this is the first red zone stalling, uh, and obviously, I mean that looks like that type of run that type of look could threaten run we agree griff uh multiple tight ends out on the field as well under center i I mean that's not the worst run in the world although i'm not sure they're they're tackle over aren't they yeah so they're trying to get fancy with it as well you've got jake curhan playing um Over here, and then you've got two tight ends and no right tackle on this side. So an unbalanced look as well. Uh, but the Bengals get a good run through here of their linebacker. That's a good play. Um, I mean, backside end on Disley. Really good play here uh, to show up and box this. That as well, yeah. And 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 yeah, this this end right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, 55, is it Wilson? Uh, yeah. He is a great player from, from what I saw on this tape. He's, yeah, Wilson. He is a nuts player. This is really chopped off. I don't know how to, uh, I, I could get rid of the overlay. Um, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. So, I mean, I just don't think they expected the, them to get as good a run through as they did here. With, with this guy reading it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, all the linebackers fall back with their new gap really well it's here. It's really good, really good linebacker, second level play. The, the motion almost messes them up, really. It kind of, yeah, it kind of screws them. <coughs> So everyone gains a gap. So, so then you get second and three, uh, and this is moving the pocket. Like they tried moving the pocket, um, and this is a touchdown. If uh, Sam Hubbard here doesn't play this really well, 
Um, uh, so firstly, watch Tyler Lockett's uh, route here on the play. So he's open here, like that's open, but unfortunately, I mean, it's a bit of a weird concept though to run a pivot against the grain. And again, uh, 55 kind of would have killed, he looked out here, he's kind of in that window. I mean, I, I wonder if that's Tyler improvising. improvising. Yeah. I mean, he might have a choice, right? With defender leverage to break this out or in, but you'd think he'd run it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he could sit that. That might be his choice to do that. But realist, I think Gino probably tries this throw on this back if if this isn't here, right? He probably can beat that because he grants the grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'd be more worried about the safety than anyone. Well, here. Yeah, if you're going to be worried about anyone, right? Um, but what kills it is Walker. Outside the tackle box, tries to cut a guy, misses, good cut block defeating here. And um, that angle is a disaster because it forces, really Gino wants this guy to either be really far out wide so he can pull up and then ping it to lock it or too tight so that he has enough room to get outside and then ping it back across to lock it. Just the angles on the player too tough here to make that throw to lock it. So he tries DB back turn to try and get DK um, but that DB does a good job of playing, and the officials let them play in this game. Well, and there is a penalty on this play, right? Yeah, it's for the like, illegal cut block. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah, illegal cut block outside the tackle box, left of the law, it's the correct call. Um, and then that backs them up 15 yards to second and 18, and this is this is bad, Gino. Um and I don't know if it's a theme to Gino's play of, uh, wait, is this the play? Yeah. I don't know if it's a theme to Gino's play of when there's a mistake, he sort of tries, to, or or a negative play, he tries to press too much to, and it compounds it. It's highly anecdotal it. and I'd need to look at it. But um, occasionally he just seems quite emotional with how he's playing. And that can be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That, def that definitely is a theme. So here they technically get the look they want, like, uh, oh, hold on. Am I okay? Yep. Clicked the wrong thing. Um, they get the look they want here. Um, they get cover three uh, with really aggressive matching on the outside, but it's cover three. I think Gino pre-snap, as soon as he reads that the safety's high in the corner zone and like this, I think he just makes his mind up. He's throwing it. Like, this ball comes out so fast. Like, think, he checks safety, bang, it's going out. He barely has read this. I think pre-snap, yeah. he knew he was trying to throw that shot. He's not, and, even, he's not even thinking about the curl flat defender, really. No. In, and, in, his, in his mind, he's thinking the, the backfield action should pull him down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he's thinking this guy might should probably be held by this. Um but he wasn't. Mike Hilton's in perfect position for defending this. He I mean he could be slightly wider, but realistic of how wide this release is. He's in great position. He's high, he's on top, he can key the hip and look at the helmet as well as the route progresses and even get a look back at the quarterback because of how good his position is. Sees the ball out. Um now I I yeah, still think ahead. this ball is low because if we imagine Hilton isn't there, 
Jackson is is shuffling or shuffling his feet to slow down for it. So yeah, you think you'd aim it almost here, wouldn't you? Like uh, or, almost yeah. r- r- like right to the sideline. Like it may not even be a touchdown if it's thrown right. Yeah, like here. Be, yeah. Yeah, that the corner might pick it off, or yeah, it's probably falling incomplete. Um, now, in terms of how Jackson runs his route, uh, I think he does about as good as you can do with that type of pattern. He almost runs it though, like he thinks he's fate, you know, running this guy off. I don't think he expects the ball to get thrown, to be honest. Oh, that makes sense. With the way he kind of slows before he sees the ball out, it's yeah. like he's about to block. Um, because what Seattle did have here is if Gino had seen this positioning and not forced this in there, they had this little screen to Walker with Parkinson as a blocker and Jackson against this type of leverage would have been able to make a block. Parkinson mm-hmm. blocks this guy. That's easy yards. And suddenly you go from second and 18 to probably third and 10. Uh, so you get a shot at the red zone. Uh, maybe third and more, to be honest. I mean, it would be this right. corner to make the tackle in the alley on Walker. Maybe um, this backer here. Um, no, it wouldn't have been. It would have been this this uh, this corner to make the tackle. So, yeah, Hilton just makes a play, um, and Gino probably throws it a bit weird and didn't need to... Th- he should have probably read the defender position and not done that. Oh, and yeah. there's no need on second and 18. Uh, is, that, is that uh Is that Jen Maz? Jen Mueller. Jen Mueller. Different Jen. It's Jen Mueller. Jen Mueller, lovely lady. There you go. Jen Mueller's upset. We're upset. Um, Yeah. Uh, From the end zone, I think you'll see the kind of weird trajectory. It's so flat. Yeah, he throws it quick. He doesn't really load up for it, does he? It's it's almost lazy. Um, Well, he's just so excited because I think he sees the corner. And yeah, he he sees the, the sees the corner, sees the safety. He's like, yes, and and then look the, the flinch, the classic hop, like, oh shit, yeah, um, yeah. right. So that sucks. So that's that play. Yep. Uh, let's let's su- then great field position. DK almost caught that man. Oh. <laughs> okay, so now we're in the red zone here after Bobo's kind of spiced up the offense. The amount of times they had angle situations, just so frustrating. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, well, these things happen. So, Griff. Yes. Where are we at with gun running? What is. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good here, is it? I don't mind the. Well, I I guess I don't mind this too much. The the decision in and of itself. It's like just being, killed by a wide edge, isn't it? Yeah, him being walked out. And. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I feel like. Could could Ken have just tried to punch this up anyway? That's sort of what I was ho- I, like. If you watch it from this angle, that's a wide edge, and he hard charges at a good angle to remove stuff. But inside like, would have been interesting. Like if he just tries to outrun the edge inside, that would have been nice. Yeah, and he still manages to get the yards. <laughs> what does he pick up? Two yards here. He gets one yard. 
it just just running this down like this would have been interesting. But this guy is running fast, and it's Trey Hendrickson. So yeah. But they had really good blocking on the interior. Um. I mean, he's thinking once he beats this guy to the edge, this is being occupied. But that's a good read from uh, this walked-out linebacker. Um, and then it just bubbles out. And this, I mean, this DB only makes the tackle by going headfirst into into the contact lake. Right. But uh, yeah. Uh, and J, J, yeah, JSN knew the play call, guys. They do. They attach rather than have JSN block. They'll often have him bubble um, because I don't think they really like him as a block. It, you know, it accents his skill set better. And often they'll have him on the backside of runs, not the front side, because they don't really want him blocking that right. important. But Gino would have had the option pre-snap potentially to alert this into a throw to the flat for JSN. And honestly. Uh, if they weren't showing man, he probably would have, but that's a bit too cloudy. You just hand that off. <coughs> yeah. Um, especially on first and five. So then that brings up second and four. That's a very run heavy look as well. And they get absolutely destroyed on the front side here. Um, duo yeah. play, correct read from Walker. They just get murked. They get two unblocked guys in the point of attack. Well, three, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the second level handles that pretty well. What I'd say as well for Seattle none of is... get from... picked off. Mm. What I'd say for Seattle as well, this is, this is a very run-heavy personnel look. Like, your lone receiver is Cody Thompson. Um, they'd have 100% been thinking run, run, run. Right. But yeah, there's there's no hope for Walker here. This is just every they're not able to double and climb and this ninety two makes a really good play. Um Disley's not able to get off the fifty five, he makes a good play. Forty nine's unblocked by design. Um but fifty five shouldn't be unblocked, but he just makes a better yeah. he just reads the play yeah. and ninety two plays really well. Uh the key as well is fifty seven. With duo they want to get uh double teams and then climb, especially they want to climb up to 55 and then bounce it out here and make this guy miss or just run him over. Um, but 57 coming downhill fast really helps out um, in terms of pressing this out to bounce, which is the correct read. But when you can't get right, off your double, right. 55 coming downhill. Yeah. 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 Pacing of bouncing it out is so important in duo and 57 speeds it up. Yeah. So it's a pretty uh, pretty obvious play for them. And then third and five. So they're in, they're in 11. They're spreading it out. They're getting... Are they getting cover three? So they this tight end being out wide and having a corner there suggests cover three. Uh, then yeah. they shift Fant back in line. So it looks like they're getting cover three from the defense. As There's no disguise going on here. Uh, they get a red zone edition of cover three, and Gino decides to take his one-on-one -on -one to lock it, which is a fine decision. The defender is allowed to play. I'd say that's holding. Uh, but he gets the pass breakup, gets his head around, yeah. 
And so I, I don't, I don't dislike the premise of the play. I mean, you're, you're isolating your best receiver or your, yep. you know, one of your best receivers anyway, at least your best receiver for this type of situation, maybe letting him win one-on-one and he just doesn't, you know, and, and DK throws it like with good location considering uh, the, the, uh, Gino, not DK. Gino, did I call him DK again? You what did. What's wrong yeah. with me? I don't he, know. You, Gino throws it with with great uh, location here too. So the lesson is uh, throw it to Jake Bobo. Yeah, maybe he's the answer, man. <laughs> you, now, how see, Jake I, Bobo can save the Seahawks red zone offense? I, I want to see. I want to see JSN get isolated and run some of these too. What Tyler's running right now. Yeah, um, Bobo is very, um, very good at separating in in short areas because he's just so crafty. Um, now, isn't that Cody? That's Cody Thompson, though, isn't it? No, surely no. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Oops. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Cody Thompson's the answer to the Seahawks red zone issues. Maddie has um, been cancelled. I've been cancelled. Not all white guys look the same. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, JSN in the slot here. I, I know Tyler's pointing that out. I mean, there's a slight window with how this pick is de- designed, but I think this is more if they were going to get man. Um, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that gets – that. you can't throw that. Especially yeah. if you look there. That's what zone really is there. for, right? Yeah. Yep. So. So there you go. That's another. At least they got field goal out of that one. Oh, that was a play. Here we go. Right, so empty, so it's looking very much like pass. The, I, I have a slight issue with this. I think, again, there's not much disguise going on. I mean, that looks very much like cover three, right? You have a corner over Kenneth Walker, the running back. So, again, if it's man coverage, you're not going to put a corner on the running back. You'd have a safety on the running back so the corner can play inside and play on the receiver. Um that's why right. teams split out wide running backs. Gives you a coverage indicator. Now here, I think Gino's looking at this one-on-one to see if there's a option to throw the fade. But then just stay in rhythm and just throw the out. Like, he comes backside seeing his zone and trying to get it to JSN, I guess. But they just pass this off really well. I mean, this is a split flow, weak hook curl takes drive, right? Yeah. Well, it's more like uh, it's more like cross shallow, right? But okay, fine, fine. But Never but clo- cl- close enough. I think uh, Shanahan would call this shade, not drive. But it's yeah. similar mechanics. So you've got. I mean, Cincinnati matches this really well. What does Gino want though? So he comes off the fade. He kind of progresses to the cross. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't. He, he doesn't uh, care about the out. He comes back here, and I think he thinks he, he can he, maybe get. He's progressing to the weak hook at least, because then that would yeah. So and reading the high low, and they cover it. Thinks about pinging it to JSN, but it's not really there. 
and then this is happening. Because if this doesn't happen, he progresses all the way to Walker and throws the this. Walker. And that would be a good decision. Because, I mean, that's this play gets actually a lot of yards out of the backside one receiver, like the fifth guy in the progression. I've, se- I've seen Walker catch that. Not Walker, but I've seen the receiver in that situation catch that and take PI. that and get six, seven yards. Um, PI? No, hit the ground. Um, yeah, that's a great that's a great point by Tyler. This is really good coverage from Cincinnati. So the the, the coverage is just blanketed. I don't mind the play call in theory. Yeah, um, I think I think you th- throw the out in rhythm, but he just thinks, okay, well, I've got an isolation on these backers. I'm going to high low them, and they just handle it really well. Yeah, can we see the uh, end zone angle on this one? Curious where his eyes go. He quickly checked the safety, looked for the fade. It wasn't there. I mean, he's staring at it for. He's not just looking at it. He's like looking at it. <laughs> he really wants to get the ball to DK. Yeah. Then comes back. This is going on at this point. And then he thinks, "Oh crap! I can go backside." JSN didn't get open on that. And yeah. He's just lit. so. I like that he's thinking about Walker, right? Yeah, he knows um, he knows his progression, full field. But unfortunately, I mean, Haynes, and you got to say, Haynes, he's been playing on the right. Having to go to the left again is so difficult. Yeah. And he really struggled this game. Like, I thought Haynes had a, uh, probably his worst game. Yeah, he was giving up a lot. Outside, um, inside, power. And he's away from the slide, so he's got the one-on-one, but Rita just, just mauls him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If this ball could have gone to Walker in rhythm, I would, that would have been really interesting. But yeah, especially Walker, right? And a slight hook here, but they were letting them play like this. Wilson is a good player. Yeah. Okay, so second and 10, you're kind of in a spot. Empty again. Eh, they kind of gave up on second down gun running because it was crap. I mean, it's brave. It's brave to go into empty with their, their offensive line at this point. So they have stick draw. Stick draw. Don't hate it. Unfortunately, uh, Haynes has a tough moment again. Um, Brown tries to help him win on that block, but they never quite won the leverage. And both of the D tackles do a great job redirecting. And it's the correct decision by Gino here with how off the linebackers are playing. Like that's the option yeah, part of it. They were getting depth. They were looking for this. The stick would have been interesting, bizarrely, but right because they're 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 off not only on the quarterback but also on the stick itself. Yeah, but I think it's one of those in the NFL you have to, and we've had the O line is you have to basically make that decision before the snap. And and stick draw is really effective in the red zone too. Mm-hmm. So you just see how Reader wins because if if. If he doesn't, if he stays outside on that block, then Gina can hit this more this way down the hash rather than having to bubble out to this guy as well. Uh-huh. Um, so point. they only get three yards here. So, and yep, Evan Brown, good climbing. He just, unfortunately, Haynes wasn't able to fully secure that. Uh, Gina gets three yards. So, so it's like, uh, third and seven, third and eight. Yes, third and seven, I think. I think the clock's wrong. Uh, so trips, uh, Trips bunch. They're clearly expect as soon as they're clearly expecting man to man. 
And this looks like cover zero to me. Like there's no post safety, man, mm-hmm. man, man. All these guys are coming with someone on the back, man out here. I'd be thinking uh, DK, right? Yeah, sure. You, you've been one, and the heat bailed off. Uh, and I, that's a really scared decision to bail like that. Uh, and they throw the slant and get it. So it's a good process. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, good job in the protection of uh, picking this up by design. This guy's going to be unblocked, but they full slide to the right. Walker picks up the guy off the left edge. Good pass pro. Okay, they're dropping out, which is difficult, but you can't really account for that. You've just got to make the play, and he did. Yeah. And good finish from DK. No fumble. Good, good ball security and and running a guy over. So another own goal situation. First and seven. Trips bunch. Uh, one on one out here again. This could be cover zero, couldn't it? But it's not. It's like a a goal line defense. This is a play where I. Th- I felt Gina has to throw this, especially with how the O-line's kind of been struggling. Just get rid of it now. It's one-on-one. But he clearly gets, I think, this safety scares him. I don't know. Just Mm. throw it to the back corner, lofted. I think if he hasn't thrown the pick, or the picks, I should say, one of them not really on him, more of a misunderstanding, but the other was on him, which we've looked at. I think he throws this ball. Like Now, he hadn't won... By the time he moves off it, it's like this, or maybe a tad sooner. He decides to move off it here, so maybe he just thinks timing-wise it's ruined the play. But I think you just got to. I think you just got to give him a chance, one on one again. Or then, if if you're moving off it, throw the ball here. (laughs) Like he may have thought it was man, but. And yeah. so he's he's thinking Jackson's little snagger out. Yeah, and that's clamped. Um, I mean, they have four over three here. Yeah. Uh, they're basically playing box, right? Plays out that way, yeah. Um, Nowhere to go with the football on this side. And he, he likes throwing the short fade to DK in the, in the end zone. He's done that. And he kind and of like double checked on it as well. And like he, there was he a... gets pressed too. Like he confirms that it's pressed. So I'm surprised he didn't try to stick with DK. That's why I did. It. It's yeah. very uncharacteristic. And then here, watch. There's a quick, um, there's a quick double glance back here. He look. He's looking here. He looks back here, and then he has a little quick look to the left. Maybe trying to look the coverage back off. I don't know. But yeah, I'd have liked to see this worked or this worked. Um, just. Because the the reason not to throw this is because you're scared the corner's gonna man turn and pick you pick you off, or you're scared this guy's making a play. But if you're scared this guy's making a play here, then throw it here. Yeah, I don't know. Very easy to criticize, but unfortunately nothing's open here, and by that point the pass protection can't last, uh, and down he goes. That's the kind of play I was referring to, and I was like, he should have just. I'm not sure why he didn't throw. Mm-hmm. Looks hard outside at it. Not sure why he didn't throw it. And then, and then at that point, instead of bailing out, he should have just thrown it out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, just to get rid of the ball. Yeah, I get wanting to improvise, but you just didn't need to. Yeah, you you could have just pinged that out. 
Because then that's second and 20, which is a killer. Like, immediately you're behind. Right. Especially in the red zone. So they just play standard-ass um, cover one, I think. Yeah, cover one. Is that cover one? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah, so. It's, it's cover one. There's a, this looks like a safety over Walker, or they're like linebacker type. Uh, oh yeah, this this play I was unsure about as well. So this is what I mean about the timing of the offense being a bit whack. So opens here. We've seen them run this concept so many times. He doesn't like how this linebacker's playing, and the, by the time he moves off it, Fant hadn't even got out of his breaks. Then he looks to Bobo. I think he's wanting more the dig here. Yeah, but then that's it. Yeah, that. <laughs> you can't throw that. He should have thrown. He should have thrown it to Bobo, especially in this concept. And second and twenty, but also what I'm saying is, if Gino, like, if you're playing ISO ball here, and you read this as one, I guess, which if you're looking out here, you should see that there's a safety over here. You should think cover one. You could just wait out Fant to get open into the void, like here or here. You know, like how I mean, extreme bloody example. But like how Mahomes just lets Kelsey find the space and hits it. Yeah. But he, he tries to stick with the rhythm of the play. But then, fine, stick with the rhythm of the play. Throw it to an expanding Bobo out here when you see this dig isn't open. But I guess the dig is so tantalizing. Just the corner, he looks gangly and awkward making this cut. But it's actually a really good throwing into the cut. Like, that looks awkward as hell. But it's actually a great transition. Yeah, um, that is good. And the rat is there, the will. The, yeah, the rat does a great job. Basically like a weak hook player at that point. But look at the eyes looking back for it as well. So, yeah, I don't know. And this is kind of an example of trying to throw the touchdown or the big play rather than just taking what's there. Yeah. And the pressure's coming quick here too. Yeah, the, the pressure's massive. Like Jake Curran's beat around the edge. So... As soon as that happens, you know the ball's got to come out very quick. Obviously, Gino can't feel that until about this point here. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he should have tried it out here. I don't actually think he did feel that, which you maybe won't because you're opening back here. It's basically your blind side now, and you can't get scared of this. You've got to try and... I think he only feels it now. Mm -hmm. But you see, like... I guess he knew Fant was told to break out. Yeah, there's just no time either. And he good job actually getting rid of the ball before he's sacked. Right. But yeah, that sucks. So third and 20. Third and 20, so bad circumstances, right? Yeah, nice. I mean, they like all slants is a pretty good play call here because you can just ping it underneath like this and get yardage. Mm -hmm. Good work from JSN, good toughness. Be beats the mic. The ball beats the mic. Yep, good, quick, quick throw past the mic. That's an impressive throw. You're right, Griff. Wilson. Bang. Okay, so now fourth and six. 
Fourth and goal. Here we go. So what do we think? This looks like just... Is that a safety or a corner? It looks like cover three, right? No. Is that a safety? Uh, I can't tell. Hold on, chat. Let me get the, the Bengals roster up. That plays out like cover one. Uh, I mean, does it with the 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 mic on on Fant? Let me, yeah, let me uh, strong hookish. Let me get their roster. Twenty nine is that a Wuzier twenty two? Here, I think that uh, might be twenty two. Could be. Oh yeah, because this is a safety here, or like a backer. Yeah. So Yeah. So it's like match three. It is very matchy, isn't it? Given very aggressive, which like you're at your own court, your seven yard line, so you would defend. Um yeah. now they had the good beater for this type of coverage. It would have been a tight window throw, but Lockett's pivot is the is the route, right? Like th this hook dropper realistically ain't making the play to expand here, I don't think. He's thinking about DK. He might have done. It's a bit scary, Maybe. to be honest. It's all scary. I think if you rifle that in, it's there. Like right now, yeah. Yeah. And, and he's trying you, to. Yeah, I think I he think. clutches the ball because he knows this is probably going to get knocked out of his hand. I'm not sure why he clutches the ball. I guess when right. a guard pushed back into you and your right tackle's absolutely butchered and... I mean, it's, if it's fluttery at all, it's going back for six, isn't it? So Yeah. And Curran's losing at five yards, four yards even. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, Curran just, you can tell he can't, like, he can't get any power. And he's not the quickest to foot anyway, but with that uh, left ankle taped up. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I, I saw on Twitter people saying they should have thrown to Charbonnet. People, <laughs> if he opens looking this way, this defender here, who's like the curl flat defender, immediately covers Charbonnet. Like, that's not... <laughs> they're playing well, no... fourth down. It's situational and... football. You, there's, reading over here would be insanity. Um, and there's no time for it anyway, so it's moved. No, no. It, but like, even like... The only reason Charbonnet ends up this open is because he opens over this side. Like, this guy's just playing the sticks because the quarterback's looking hard away. He starts converging as the pressure comes, and look, there's no space here. It's not a thing. Um, yeah, just uh, they had the look to lock it, but that ball probably should be out now. I think he's a tad late. Given his fourth down, he could probably throw it now. Do you think but you so? want the catch to be made? I mean, I mean, he's starting his throwing motion right there. Yeah, so get it out, I guess, is I what I'd say. He, I don't think he can, though, with the pressure. I mean, and this I is the thing like getting... his, le his left guard, Haynes, gets absolutely demolished. Like, <laughs> he can't even... yeah, he does clutch it, but it's just the fact he clutched it. Like, I'd expect that just to come out. I, I'm not sure why he. I'd love to hear him speak on why he felt 
why he clutched I mean, it because I don't know how playing quarterback is. Maybe I mean he can't stride into his throw probably with the guard. He probably felt like he didn't have the velocity for it. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, so they did get into the red zone one last time, as we all know. Should we enjoy this title locket throw, Griff? Yeah, we shall. Bam. That's a great route by Tyler. And that's a rope, that is. Yeah. It's like the Saints play, but right. with that a single one guy. <laughs> that lo- that one Lions one too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Great kind of... Uh, is that just cover, is like cover four, cover two? Or is it just cover four? Cover two, I think. I think it's, uh, it's cover that's two on the be bottom. Co- and then quarters yeah, up top. That's what it looks like, right? Otherwise, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Makes sense. Or, or actually, that might be cover two everywhere. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then you'd expect a pole runner. Match two? Yeah. I don't know. So th- th- that's a good play call from Waldron too. I mean, it's a good beater because you've got corner post, corner. And so top. many of Lockett's explosives over the years have come from that corner post pattern into the high hole behind the, the safety. Gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, so here we get, here we go. First and ten. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, so pre-snap, uh, do we get? We don't get any coverage indicators this time. But to me, that looks like middle right field open zone. Yeah. And probably quarters too, right? Like red yeah. four. So, so they So DK's being coned. Yeah. More or less. I mean that's this is gross. <laughs> what was this stick? Why are they calling stick here? Um, maybe just to get like a little five yarder. Uh, again, this might this this Logan Wilson guy, is he called Logan? Let's actually put some respect on yeah, his name. I yeah, Logan so. Wilson. He's really bloody good. Like pre-snap, I think they think the 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 like if you just wind it back slightly, I think they think the mic's out leveraged here. Like they're just like we'll just read, we'll we'll look over here and then we'll just ping it to the out. But I mean that is clamped. Yeah, um, Maddie, Maddie, would you like to know Logan Wilson's PFF grade? No. Fifty-two point five. <laughs> <laughs> he had a monster game. <laughs> Uh, really? Yeah. <sighs> I've angered you. Uh, we'll look at a play after this. Just one play. Um, where that's just so dumb. Okay. So great play. Uh, he takes too long to move off this. I think he knows that he missed DK on the last one. And this is what I'm sort of talking about with compounding. He really wants to get it to him on the one-on-one now because he's like, I've missed the one-on-one chance. Well, that's just not there from the... I think maybe he thinks he can sneak behind. It's just not there. Uh, and this safety is more aggressive pushing out here. They actually covered a back out here. Then he's looking for the stick. It's not there. I think he's thinking with this guy nailing down, he can get it to lock it around the back. But... Uh, I mean, you throw it to Jackson. What happens is uh, like a bomb goes off backside, Curhan inside move, and he does well to get rid of it. Um, but for Gino not being able to see that, but feeling it, he's like, I need to get out of the pocket. Perfectly understandable. Tries the, I mean, yeah, you can't throw it now. Tries the improvisation move. It looks open here. They just make a really good break. Um, yeah. That's, and and that's that could have been bad. Um, 
but that's a great angle to take on the ball. And does Gino take a while to throw it? I mean, he has to set his feet, I guess. Well, that's the thing with Gino. He doesn't have... He has good arm strength when he's on platform, so he's reestablishing his platform. Yeah. And also, I also wonder how much the... What is it? The calf? If there's some lingering effects there. Like, he seems really unstable with his... That would explain the slight lateness. Like, he's not just whipping this. Yeah, that's like a a, a short hop almost into this. I don't know. Could just be Uh, nervous feet too. Is there an argument that uh, Parkinson should have broke to the corner and lock it over the middle? Like, both of them going over the middle is kind of... On the scramble. They're leaving this space out here. Maybe they expected JSN to go up here. I don't know. I don't know the scramble rule drills. But to me, this is Gina taking too long to move off DK slightly. But realistically, your pass protection is done here. Like, if he's able to stay in this pocket, um, I mean, it still doesn't have a chance. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. Where would he have thrown if he was able to stay in the pocket? This is a pick I don't know. when you throw yeah. late. Lock yeah. it back out of the end zone. Not I just, good. I don't, I just don't get the. I don't know, man. That you, hey, Tyler Johnson, you're right. This is unacceptable. Look at this. What do they think this is? On the field, disgusting etiquette. I think they think that uh, Curran had a hold or tripped him. He just fell over. Yeah, he kind of slingshots him a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, be better. (laughs) Okay. Second and ten. Oh, no. Oh, that was the other thing as well. On On that first and ten, they probably could have run it from an under center look, you know? Like... There's no reason to get rid of under center here, or or I mean, it's easy to uh, kind of overanalyze or get hyper focused on a couple of plays, but yeah. Um, I ha- I we've looked at this sort of inside run before. I hate how it leaves the C gap backer unblocked and they block the edge. Like, just angles-wise, it's not good. And I think this is just cover three, right? Yeah. Or one. Anyway, 55, another great play. Apparently, he sucks. Couldn't PFF, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Again, unfortunately, Haynes just has a tough time. But this type of front is tough to block. Like, it's two three-techs, so... If you're coming up here, well, how are you going to block out on this guy who has the leverage advantage on you, get the center to help, and then climb onto this linebacker? Like, they're technically playing without an A-gap player here, pre-snap, yeah. with, with Scott coming into this area, but then they stunt in here, which kind of Exchange causes it. real issues here with the combo. Blown That's up front a, side, and then cut back, and reader, then here's the free reader, hitter. Reader is so good. Yeah, he's a. this guy is a absolute baller um so really good I, I imagine their job is to read out how the blocking is right 
and they know from the back which side this is likely to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that means Scott can fill in the B, and there's just no room for Walker. Does well to get a yard, I think. Um, so third and ten trips bunch they're clearly expecting man cover zero um they get a like a nice coverage indicator with um the shift of walker out here it drags this guy i'm not sure why he'd i guess he has a Hmm. Not sure why I would do that. Yeah, they, they seemed unsure over who was covering him. Mm-hmm. I guess he has the peel rule on the back if he's out strong, so I guess he's the next adjuster for them. Anyway, Gino adjusts, reading that he's got man and that he is going to get zero. Um, look, they're bringing the house, so based on the back location... And the way he's split like this, they're probably going to full slide to the right. They've got seven people, uh, and the Bengals have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So Seattle should be able to pick this up for enough time, in enough time, um, Mm -hmm. and leave this guy unblocked, the furthest guy from Gino. Uh, So how do they do? Oh, so they full slide to the left, and with how the Bengals drop out, I mean, they pick this up uh, on on this side almost. <laughs> Actually, they don't pick this up. The line does a good job, but uh, Tross gets deep rushed around the arc and Walker doesn't block his guy well. But also, Gino kind of gets moved off back, back an extra step, which I don't think Walker would have expected, which made the angle tougher because Cross is beat around the front side arc. Um, and so if Gino had the time, this is probably the throw, isn't it? Yeah. Tight window, tough. Uh, he tries to give DK a chance to go up and get it, and it's just a bit high. Well, once again, really good coverage from the Bengals. Great coverage, the, good job dropping zone. out. Um, the first, and, and also on this concept, you read it inside to outside, so corner route which they do a great job switching off on. Um, inside route to DK, there's a guy underneath. JSN, well, that would be the throw, but Gino's already thinking, I need to get rid of this ball because there's a guy coming right now. He, he can't physically throw that ball. And you'll see it from the end of an angle, how angle-wise, think about where the ball has to go for JSN. It's, it's, it's not really there. Um, mm-hmm. So... <laughs> fourth and seven uh, so we get a coverage indicator here uh, I think that's a safety so they know it's man they bunch up so so two man then or are they oh. playing are they playing robber cover one robber hold on who's number 20 let me just double check yeah. Oh no. Twenty is a corner, but he's DJ Turner, so maybe they're backup corner. So they're just playing pure like coverage personnel. So are they in red four then? That's a corner. Um, it could be Buzz. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be it would be weak buzz. So cover three Robert or weak buzz. Yeah, with a bunch rule up top here. So this, whatever it, yeah, it's, it's yes, yeah, three buzz. So this guy has the back man weak. Basically, this guy has the tight end man weak. This guy's the weak hook player looking for. Oh well, hold on though. Where's the post safety? Uh, he's spinning strong. Kind yeah, of. it's more like it's more like four, like poach or something. Hmm. This guy's looking for vertical three out of here, basically DK. Uh, and then the way they handle the bunch is um, this guy takes the first out, but he really has to play the sticks. So, I mean, so you read this out basically like Hank. So you're kind of reading the middle squeeze, and then you're, you're looking for this, and you're choosing a side. Right, you're reading where this guy goes, and I get—I guess Gino's late throwing that again. Is he? I mean, well, all right, all right. I see. I see he, what you're saying. As in, but... as in, he's trying to give DK the chance here. He just doesn't have the time to then come back to Parkinson. But and I don't was... understand. Like Parkinson's route isn't outbreaking. It's more like a corner stop. He he. So he, this is... this move here was suggested to me as Gino looking at Parkinson. I think this is him just trying to look at the the safety here just mm -hmm. to confirm it. And then he just has a glance over here to check. <laughs> I mean, it's already over here. He looks back here now. I think this is, a, at this point, he, I think, it's, it's, I mean, it's easy to say. Looking, uh, as, as usual, this has the caveat of we're sat at our computer screens and I've paused it for 30 seconds while I'm talking about this. But I think mm -hmm. by... I think here, so he checks the safety, comes back to this root combination, sees everything look bad. I think here, I'm not sure why he's looking down the pipe here. I think he should have looked hard left to throw it to Parkinson. I think it's a tick slow. Like, okay, that's covered. Now back here, go. It's a tick slow going back to Parkinson. But I th maybe the read was out here first and then DK? I don't know. Not sure. Do you know what I mean? Like the, it's just I, a bit I, weird to me how he looks out, then back. Why are we looking back middle? Well, I think I think he's reading both the the strong hook and the weak hook primarily. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's yeah, reading. So he's, the, just... he's reading the squeeze on DK, and then he's working to the boundary. Um, but I mean, he hits the top of his drop as soon as his back foot hits the top of the drop. Yeah, he's, he's transitioning. He's transitioned to Kobe though. Maybe he could have done that sooner. I think maybe a, t a tad sooner, but it means hypercritical. And ultimately, he he read the play out. He just didn't have the the time in the pocket. Like, I, um, I don't I don't know if I mean, can he get this the ball off anyway? Even if he was quicker to it, like right now he starts no, just throwing motion. No, he'd he'd have had to really open up quick. I don't I don't he'd have thrown it blind. I don't think you can expect a quarterback to do that. Yeah. Like he'd have had to just step in and not even looked at it. I do like that they're kind of featuring Colby here. They're basically saying, Colby, you're like our best ball winner at this point. Yeah, yeah, over Fant, which is moder moderately surprising. I mean, six foot seven frame, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But then I don't like that they should have just let him run an, run an out or a corner here instead of like a corner stop. I don't really get how that makes a lot of sense given the coverage. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, And what we should say as well is, I mean, even if it had time to read this out more, it's there's no, it's nothing. 
like locket gets open very late but you'd have to just be like staring that down and this guy would probably have made a play in the window like the ultimately they had the play call they wanted seattle said and this is all bottled up so that's not the best play call is it uh and then this is open uh but he didn't have time to throw it right and like it looks open but honestly the the corner kind of it's weird how parkinson does he stop because he sees gino in trouble well, Tyler's running the same route, right? It's so is is Parkinson on a corner stop because that doesn't make sense. It's I I think they're trying to get the corner to overplay and then you like retrace back inside. Well, that, that didn't work. No, in that sense, it didn't work. The corner, the I think the um, the corner was looking to undercut anything on that one. You can kind of see how the theory worked for Tyler a little bit on the play. Yeah, it worked it worked for Tyler, yeah. But the progression it just wasn't going to go that way, I think to the field. No. So, there you have it, guys. It was a frustrating red zone performance, but I mean, how many of those plays are you criticizing Gino? I mean, I it really I think it's just a little bit of everything, you know, all adding up. Um so, Real quick, here's the uh, here's the PFF. What was it? Fifty eight. Fifty two point five. Fifty two point five. What watch Logan Wilson here? Yeah, that's insane. If you're trade for system, this guy. If if <laughs> if your grading system can't detect <laughs> like this, probably gets graded as a zero zero. As left in him a, open as Trash. in a, a, a neutral a neutral grade well i'm saying the algorithm even if they even if they uh even he if he gets full flow to him but the, the point is the point is is that that doesn't get graded positively it doesn't get graded negatively either but so the grading system doesn't even capture 80 percent of linebackers positive plays so it's just it's absolute junk it's garbage. Uh, PFF grades are for underneath zone defenders. Like that right there is why Logan Wilson gets paid. It's not because of his tackles for loss. It's not because of his interceptions. It's because of that. It's because he does that snap in, snap out, and PFF doesn't even credit it. So the PFF grades are complete and utter junk. He's so good at checking his mirrors. Like he always looks over his shoulder at the route he's relating to, um, yeah. like he just did there. Good so, player. It's very Cody Barton, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so we we I just want to make sure we answered the the kind donation question. Uh, could some play action and moving the pocket help? Um, or, or could what could you see as a band aid to till the line heal up? Um, duck on quack. I think the band aid is they have to be able to run the ball more effectively in the red zone. They have to because they don't have time, especially in those condensed spaces, to to hold on to the football. Uh, to go through full field, that they have to have the perfect play drawn up, otherwise they, or or the perfect front side primary read drawn up, otherwise they're done. And in the red zone, that's difficult, especially when teams know you're passing. So stay in ba- as balanced looks as possible when you can. Um, utilize um, maybe multiple tight ends to try and give you some balance too. Uh, but also, you know, under center, run the run the damn football. And we had a question in the the preamble about Jake Bobo being used kind of is like a, almost like a fullback. Like, is he, could he be like a fullback? I mean, they're kind of using him like that, the way they motion him in and, and have him lead block. And on Walker's run, he was uh, doing that, creating a hole. So I think Bobo uh, 
gives him like 11 and a half personnel if he's in the three wide receiver sets um or if he's in 12 like 12 and a half personnel he's almost kind of a tight end ultimately he can block better than the slot corner is going to be able to pick him up and so teams might start matching Seattle with more kind of base-ish looks if, if he's in um yeah so it's, they just need a bit of a rethink like but the encouraging thing is a lot of that wasn't Gino. now we didn't talk about the missed shots you can find them on my timeline that Matty F Brown um and I think he did get in his head a bit um but yeah really the the it's, it would be hard for them to have a, a, a day similar to that again. And and the Bengals have some really good players, like Logan Wilson, um, like Reader, uh, Taylor Britt kind of owned DK, low-key. Uh, he's he's big and he showed himself to have some real good athleticism, good transitions, kind of new DK's root tree of like fade, dig, hitch, slant. Um, DK didn't have his best day. I mean, et cetera, he, still, et cetera. he he had his uh, he had his he cut his go ball, which was good. He had that one right, hitch. right, exactly. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see them connect on a go ball, you know, because yeah. there has there there's been a lack of that this year. But yeah, there you go. Everyone everyone just needed to be sharper, including Gino, including Waldron. It does help uh, when people are sharper. It does help. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it'll be easier for them to be sharper as the offensive line heals up. Oh, 100%. I mean, Damian Lewis, so. Damian Lewis would have been a huge difference in this game. Yeah, and I, I, mean, he, I like, he, pushed... he, he would have been a two for one because then Haynes gets to stay on the right side. Yeah. And I pushed back on, um, I pushed back on that a bit. Uh, you, you mentioned the O line because I was like, well, this is, hold on now. This has been going on when the line's been healthy and Gino did miss his shots. But I mean, the red zone in particular was offensive line issues. It really was. Um, Run and pass. Oh. And and a bit of play calling, as we've seen. So there you go, chat. Uh, we've spoken for far too long, and we don't have time to do defense because it's 5.12 a.m. here. <laughs> Imagine that. The defense balled out, and because the chat, we live in a democratic society, yeah. you guys voted. You this is your you fault. The, you the people. <laughs> but we'll, we'll do a heavy dose of defense next week. We'll have to do defense next week. We will. And maybe they'll uh, absolutely embarrass Josh Dobbs. And maybe they'll do it so badly that we end up looking at the Bengals game instead because it's a better opponent. But if you want a defensive fix, make sure you check out Griff's video, if you haven't already, on Jamal Adams breaking down his return to the defense. He looked absolutely snazzy, didn't he, Griff? Sure did. Um, His athleticism is mostly there, as far as we could tell. Um he's playing really confidently and he's playing smart football too. I mean, he made a difference for them. Like he was, he probably prevented two explosives and then he just did other stuff like nitty gritty stuff here and there that all added up. So um, he makes them better. I'm excited to see more of them. And it's so weird. Uh, so cool. Sorry. Seeing him and with a spoon, like when it's dime and they're like on either apex, you know, either slot or whatever either side of Wagner and they're both just like running around after each other after a big play. Like there's so much energy brought by those two to the defense and it's kind of transferring to like, I mean, Conte Diggs is sometimes a bit nonchalant uh, on the field or looks a bit sort of stroppy, um, <laughs> stomps around a bit when bad plays happen. But when the good plays are happening now, Diggs is getting involved, like dapping people up. Um, yep. They have a kind of swagger to the defense, which we haven't seen for a while. So 
That's very exciting. Tyler Johnson, enjoy your Tito's and soda. It doesn't have to be for nothing. Like, Tito's and soda can be for whatever you want it to be. Uh, like Riff Jamal Adams' video. And I will have right. a video coming on a mystery player too. Thank you so much, chat. Thank you for the donations tonight. It's very kind. Thank Please you, do everyone. like, comment, subscribe. Follow Griff at CMike Spinmove. Follow me at Matty F. Brown. Follow the pod at Seattle Overload. And we'll be back on Sunday with a post-game recap from the Arizona Cardinals game. Hopefully it's not another, the latest example of a weird damn game where a Cardinals backup quarterback does crazy things to Seattle's defense. No more. No more. It, end, it ends Sunday. It, it ends Sunday. Sunday. The defense continues. The offense improves in the red zone and stays hot on, well, not hot, but stays close to 50% on third down. That's right. And we're talking about a dominant 50 to nothing Seahawks win. We don't there we go. Much. There we go. Hit it, Maddie. Good night, chat. <laughs>